0: Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value.
2: The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So, why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash
1: hypergig with details.
3: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking. When we're not 100% sure yet
2: what to write.
1: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor.
3: And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these
2: conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu.
1: Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen.
2: Hey, everyone. It's Eves. Just wanted to let you know that you'll be hearing an episode from me and an episode from Tracy V. Wilson today. Hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Day in History class from HowStuffWorks.com
3: and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy B. Wilson, and it's August 15th. India became independent from the British Empire on this day in 1947. But this same episode of the podcast could have happened on other dates, too, because Indian independence is inextricably connected to some other events. On August 14th, 1947, Pakistan became independent from the British Empire as well. And on August 17th, 1947, the actual borders were announced between these two newly independent nations, with that border being better known as the Partition. The British Empire had controlled various parts of the Indian subcontinent since the 18th century and had been present in the Indian subcontinent for much longer than that. By 1947, this territory included what's now India, Pakistan, and Bangladesh. And there had been a decades-long nonviolent movement for independence led by Mohandas Gandhi, also known as the Mahatma. That's a title that comes from the Sanskrit word meaning great-souled. During the Great Depression, the Indian subcontinent had been too financially devastated and struck by famine for the British Empire to possibly consider independence. And then Britain was fighting in World War II along with troops from the subcontinent. After World War II, Britain was consumed with rebuilding and also owed the United States more than $4 billion dollars. It just could not afford to maintain its territory in the Indian subcontinent anymore. So all of a sudden, from the British point of view, this issue of independence, which people in India had been advocating for for decades, suddenly became very urgent. Some people, including the Mahatma, were advocating for one unified state that would be home to people of many religions, especially Hinduism, Islam, and Sikhism. Others followed a two-nation theory that there would be one nation with a majority Hindu population and another with a majority Muslim population. Muslims were a sizable religious minority on the Indian subcontinent, making up about 25% of the population, and under the British Empire, they'd had some rights and protections— Even though there were assurances that this new Indian government would be secular, there were a lot of concerns among Muslims that they would be really marginalized if that happened. It's not completely clear, though, whether the call for a separate Muslim state started out as a genuine request or more as a bargaining tool. Regardless, though, the last viceroy of India, Lord Mountbatten, had been given a deadline of October 1947 to work out a deal for Indian independence. And if he failed to work out a deal, Britain was going to pull out of its former Indian territory with no deal by June of 1948. But Lord Mountbatten accelerated that timeline, moving it up to August and giving himself only 10 weeks to do it. Cyril Ratcliffe was the person given the task of actually drawing the new borders. He had no connections to the local community. He had no cultural or historical knowledge of any of the provinces and princely states that he was working with. He was also working from outdated maps and demographic data. The result was a border called the Radcliffe Line, which divided the British Empire's territory on the Indian subcontinent into the majority Hindu India, and the majority Muslim East and West Pakistan, which were physically separated from each other by a wide stretch of India in between. There were also several large princely states that acceded to neither India or Pakistan. The Radcliffe Line was announced on the 17th after India and Pakistan were already independent nations. These lines were drawn through the middle of the provinces of Bengal in the east and Punjab in the northwest, which had been home to people of multiple religions who had been living alongside one another for centuries. And even though Pakistan was established as a majority Muslim state, when the border was announced, there were more Muslims left behind in India than there were in the newly created east and west Pakistan. The unanticipated result of these new borders was one of the largest mass migrations in human history. The entire Indian subcontinent was completely disrupted as roughly 12 million people became refugees, trying to get to the other side of the line from where they had been living. As many as 2 million people died in sectarian violence, and throughout this migration, there were ongoing riots and massacres in what was described as an attempted ethnic cleansing. It was particularly dangerous for women. Thousands and thousands of women were abducted, abused, and raped immediately following the partition. Mahatma Gandhi was also assassinated by a Hindu extremist in 1948 who objected to his tolerance for Muslims. The effects of this are still felt today, and there have been multiple wars fought since 1947 between India and Pakistan over territory. East Pakistan also became Bangladesh in 1971. Thanks to Eves Jeffcoat for her research work on today's episode. And you can subscribe to the Stay in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for a story of perseverance and a very long-winded message.
2: Hi, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that uncovers history one day at a time. The day was August 15th, 1977. The Big Ear radio telescope at Ohio State University received a signal that seemed like it may have had an extraterrestrial origin. In 1959, Cornell University scientists Philip Morrison and Giuseppe Cocconi published a paper in Nature called Searching for Interstellar Communications. In the paper, the scientists proposed that extraterrestrial beings trying to communicate with Earth might do so using radio signals. Further, it was likely that they would communicate at a frequency of 1420 megahertz. Hydrogen, the most common chemical element in the universe, emits photons at this frequency. The quiet band of the electromagnetic spectrum between 1420 MHz and 1670 MHz later became known as the waterhole, a place where extraterrestrials may be likely to communicate. The search for extraterrestrial intelligence, or SETI, has been happening ever since radio technology began developing. But the modern search was born in 1960 with Project Ozma, when astronomer Frank Drake used a radio telescope to examine stars in the waterhole. In 1973, scientists at Ohio State University began using a radio telescope named Big Ear to search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Around 11.16 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time on August 15, 1977, Big Ear got a narrow bandwidth signal that lasted 72 seconds. The signal seemed to come from the constellation Sagittarius. It was about 30 times stronger than the cosmic background noise, and it was at a frequency of about 1420 megahertz. The signal went unnoticed until a few days later when astronomer Jerry Amon was reviewing the computer printout and noticed the sequence 6EQUJ5 among a sea of low numbers that represent background noise. He used a red pen to circle the sequence and wrote WOW in the left margin of the printout. That's how it became known as the WOW signal. People began pointing to the signal as evidence of extraterrestrial life. Scientists determined that nothing in the Sagittarius constellation could have made the signal and that it was not a satellite transmission, military signal, aircraft signal, or broadcast beam. And scientists conducted follow-up searches. For decades, astronomer Robert Gray has searched for recurrences of the Wow signal. He did so at Oak Ridge Observatory in Massachusetts, at the Mount Pleasant Radio Observatory in Tasmania, and at the Very Large Array Radio Astronomy Observatory in New Mexico. But the signal has never repeated. The Big Ear Observatory was disassembled in 1998, but the search for extraterrestrial intelligence continues today. In 2017, researchers suggested that the signal was not a sign of extraterrestrial life, but a signal generated by a passing comet that was not cataloged at the time. But many astronomers do not agree with this theory. Exactly where the signal came from remains unexplained. I'm Yves Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Get more notes from history, On Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. We'll be back with more history tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio,
3: visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is
2: going on a road trip.
0: Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Tired of restless nights?
3: At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health.